0: I'm sure, like most of our listeners, you all have seen those West Wester commercials with Steve Tasker and uh, what's the, what's the quarterback's name for the Bills right now? Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod. Tyrod. Billy oh. Joe Hobart. Joe Ferguson. No, guys, it's Brian, Brian Brom. Josh Allen, right? Oh, oh, it just it just came to me. Yeah, right. Right, right. I'm a little slow today. Josh Allen and the, and this like floating head in a box, and they're just talking to this head like it's normal, like it's okay. Like, has Josh Allen tapped into the astral plane? He's got COVID. He's got the Delta variant. Oh. He got it from Cole Beasley and John Feliciano. You don't think it's something transcendental, like he's in another dimension communicating
1: it could be, his football it, skills it's, it's a, to these, it, what does, to these what, people who- That's uh, what I, I know, heard when the, when you get the uh, the Delta 8, yeah Delta THC, Delta 8 variant of uh,
0: COVID, okay. you uh, astral project. Really? No shit. Yeah. It almost makes me regret getting the vaccine because uh, I would want to do that. Well,
1: I, the, here's the thing: is like you can still get it if you have the vaccine; you just won't die.
2: Oh, but will you astral project?
1: Oh yeah. Oh. Oh, well, then I'm good. Yeah. So I mean, okay. you get to do you get the experience all the great side effects,
0: without the death. Well, I'm going to take a trip to Arkansas. Hmm. This sounds awesome.
1: So all
2: vaccinated people, you know, if if you're vaccinated, get get COVID because then you can be on a whole other realm with Josh Allen. And that's that's why as soon as heads. I get out of
1: work, I go and hang out in the emergency room. Yes.
0: If you want to talk to big floating heads, I don't know if they give him wisdom, if they give him football abilities. Like, what do these heads do? except They for, just, like, they just compliment. Keeps, give you they great just, deals on
2: cars. Well, no, no. They no, keep no. saying,
0: show me what you got. <laughs> it seems like they just compliment Josh Allen all the time. Like, very nice people complimenting Josh Allen. I, uh, I, could, be- I could use some of that. I could use some cheerleaders. Some that's, big floating That's because head cheerleaders. even the giant floating
1: heads in Buffalo yeah. are terrified that Josh Allen will leave us and we'll have nothing good. Oh, yeah.
0: That's about it. Mm-hmm.
2: Even he- our otherworldly like overlords are like, no, please.
0: I've got to ask you. Has Cole Beasley seen these floating heads with Steve Tasker? Uh, you know, <laughs> Cole Beasley's seen a lot.
2: welcome back everybody to the square your friends re jim and snake yes snake aka ryan aka the big baby boy
3: mm-hmm. we bad.
2: are hanging out we're chilling we have an excellent interview for you later on in the show with roger brian of roger brian and the orphans great band um so stick around for that but hey we uh, are the podcast of news, brews, and views. I want to get a sticker of that someday. Okay.
0: So we, uh, we're we bringing the news. I just got you shirts, Ree. Is that not good enough for you?
2: you always got to be forward thinking, right? Okay, okay. okay. You know, like you just can't rest on your laurels. All
3: right.
2: And speaking of resting on one's laurels, Jim, we're talking about the mayor's race because you know what? That's what moves the needle. That's mm-hmm. also what we're interested in. And it's a big thing around these parts. Gentlemen, do we think uh, our presumptive, well, certainly the Democratic nominee, India right. Walton, is she resting on her laurels? Is there a Byron Brown resurgence?
1: I think so. I think that, you know, right now, the way the campaigns are being run, Byron's clearly doing a better job of getting his oppositional research into the local news, local media. You know, the Buffalo News has been doing nothing but negative hit pieces on India Walton. Unsubstantiated. Unsubstantiated, yeah. Lots lots of... Shitty hit pieces. Lots of anonymous person says hit pieces on India Walton since the primary and very little pushback from the India Walton camp. I tend to think that the race is like 50-50 right now. I mean... I think that India is probably going to win the Democratic turnout in the general election 60 40, but Byron's going to win the conservative Republican turnout like 99%. Sure, India's going to win working families like 95 to 5, but there's a lot more Republicans and conservatives than there are working families party members.
2: It's true. It's true. And, you know, this is, and I'll admit, I was somebody who had the, the rose colored glasses
0: on. Um, even maybe last week on the pod, you know, even as, as late as that. But well, we were talking about how she outraised Byron Brown last week, but it sounds like that all his big donors are sandbagging, waiting well, for the right moment that, that's to put the money. Yeah. That's okay.
2: conjecture, right? right? I mean, that's, right. I, I don't discount that that could be something. That does happen i'm just saying that right now we don't know that to be the case Mm -hmm. you know you you have to work with the available data that you have and i don't think you can necessarily be afraid of ghosts i think even if that were the case what could the india walton campaign do about that Uh, but i will say this yes she has outraised byron brown and yes again like as the Presumptive nominee and, and, and maybe winner at this point. We talked about the merits of pursuing something akin to a rose garden strategy. The everything is fine. You know, we're just going to dial down the rhetoric and and we're going to just be the the good feelings campaign at this point. What what do we think the efficacy of that is now? Where again, admittedly, it's very very early, all right? We're not even in... By the time you listen to this, listener, it will be August. That that means the election's three months away, the general. So there's... Oh, no, st- no.
0: We're releasing this Thursday. It's not August yet. Oh, it's not August yet. All right. You're getting ahead of yourself. Don't I'm, wish the <sighs> summer away, Riyadh. Oh, my God. My right. goodness. Oof. I don't want to go back to school. <laughs> <laughs> School's
3: out
2: for summer. Um, no, okay. So it's still... It's more than three months away. But Byron Brown is... Based on all appearances, Jim, ramping up the uh, the forces, the rhetoric, etc.
1: You can't run a Rose Garden campaign when you're in a fist fight, and she's in a fist fight right now. Keep pushing, keep fighting. I mean, she's got to put her headgear on and her and her singlet and get into the mud and wrestle. Well, what's interesting? We were talking
3: before
2: the show. A couple things here. One, the Working Families Party and the resources that were so crucial to helping bring home this Democratic primary victory. Are no longer engaged in this race.
1: Yeah, it's my understanding that they have uh, commitments elsewhere in New York State for the general election. And not that they're going to totally abandon her and let her twist in the wind, but that they can't commit the type of resources that they committed to the primary uh, for a general. That they were prepared for a primary election. They were not prepared for a general
2: And if there's anybody involved in the India Walton campaign or the working families party who's listening and thinks we're fucking idiots and we're talking out of our asses on that, please let us know, because, you know, we strive to be nothing if not accurate. It's our understanding that that level of resources, at least like boots on the ground type of resource, isn't going to be there coming in the general, which means, you know, it is a little bit of a brain drain. Like you have experienced campaign professionals who are not going to necessarily be part of the campaign, not discounting India Walton's inner circle of campaign staff, because clearly, you know, they had a strategy to win the primary that was highly successful, but this general is a whole other race. This, this general is not that primary. And I don't think that and I'm not saying that they're going to run the same campaign or have the same exact strategy, I'm just saying that it's going to take a level of adeptness to really rise up to the challenge of what this primary is shaping up to or excuse me, this general election
1: shaping up to be. Right. I mean, if I were in their shoes, I would be focusing on like Niagara District and like Delaware District where they won handily and be working on turnout so we could just really run up the fucking score. Really, just blow the blow them out of the water in those districts. There's a lot of voters in those two districts. Those districts tend to vote. They tend to be engaged people and run up the score in those districts to counteract um, the increased votes that are going to come out of, like, say, Mastin and Fillmore for the mayor, and especially South. And
2: another thing that I really want to stress, and again, I don't necessarily think that India Walton or her campaign. Uh, manager or staff are, are thinking in this mindset. But I just want to say, say this is a warning, I guess. Don't rest on your laurels vis-a-vis the Democratic Party infrastructure. Like, don't let Jeremy Zellner, like, don't don't say to yourself, oh, well, I won the Democratic primary and now ECDC has got my back. You know, they're, they're going to go to war for me against Byron Brown. I know on one level that makes a certain amount of sense. On the other hand, you ran a campaign like India Walton did to go against the entrenched power structures, a.k.a. the ECDC and the Jeremy Zellners of this fucking community.
1: Well, and and, I mean, to that, even in the paper recently, Zellner was... Wishy washy on the fence type, whatever you phrase you want to use. It was like, do they actually support India Walton anymore? Because as these articles keep coming out, these hit pieces keep coming out in the paper, you know, he's getting colder and colder feet. And so, is she not yet listed on the ECDC site? I, I don't know. I, right. the, the amount of times I check the ECDC site, I can count kind on of one hand. Uh, okay. Well, is she on the ECDC site? Probably not. I mean, not if not if anything that, you know, Zellner said in the paper recently has anything to do with it, where he was like, well, you know, we're still, you know, playing, you know, checking our odds and and seeing our chances. And, you know, you know, we haven't committed to anybody yet.
2: Yeah. I mean, and his track record speaks for itself about, you know, what his efficacy is as the leader of the Democratic Party around here. And it's like if you're the wall in the campaign, and again, I'm not accusing them of of doing this i'm just saying that there is a warning there and i think they i I would like to think that they do know this that they that's not their their method of victory but i'm curious to see what they believe it is because right now it appears to me again the rose garden strategy for lack of a better phrase that we're going to be the good vibes you know we're going to be the beloved um you know, single mother, you know, who who worked and really, like, bring that narrative there. Again, this, this is reminiscent of a couple different things. I mean, we did see uh, some threat when AOC won her congressional seat, that Joe Crowley was going to, you know, run against her, and, and AOC won that convincingly. Um, but in large part, it was by consolidating a lot of the existing power structure around her.
1: Yeah, I... I- I mean, I don't even know that this is a Rose Garden strategy that we're seeing right now as much as like it seems like a strategy like, well, we already won. It's already over, but it's not over. I mean, the mayor, Byron, he has a lot of money, a lot of resources at his disposal. He's got a lot of people who are going to jump in because they for one reason or another mostly because he they owe their jobs to him. He he knows that you don't need to actually physically write his name in. You can use a stamp to do so. So I, he, w- I was going to ask, should we talk about the stamps. He's going to buy like 30,000 stamps. And it might be 3 or 4 dollars a stamp. It Maybe it's a little bit less if they just use like one-use stamps, but what Even if it's a dollar a stamp, he's going to spend $30,000 on stamps. If it's $3 a stamp, he's going to spend $90,000 on stamps. If it's $4, he's going to spend over $100,000 on stamps if he has to. He's going to spend that much money on stamps so that he has enough so that on, on a election day, on November 2nd, they can just hand you a stamp and say, here, this is your stamp now. Which, by the way, I want to get one of those, and I want to get some City of Buffalo letterhead, and I want to mail out letters to all my friends. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean... Again, you're right. Like, you might have caught Byron Brown with his pants down one time, a very important time, like, probably the worst, most inopportune moment of his life. But you don't become Byron Brown without, like, having access to immense resources and immense amounts of capital and, um, you know, having resources and people to do this. So, Again, he was he got killed on the draw in that primary, but I don't think he's gonna
1: make that you know he, he's gonna put everything into this general. Uh, to to quote our great president George W. Bush, there's a saying in Texas, uh, I think it's in Tennessee. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, won't get fooled again. And Byron won't get fooled again. Fool him once. You were playing Doonesbury while he was playing Family Circus. <laughs> Fool him once. But he's not going to get fooled again. It, you know, it, it, he is going to be out there and he's going to make sure that he, he gets his people out. So it's going to be incumbent. It, it, I think it's going to be a battle to get out the vote abilities. And who is better to do, who's able to do that better? Who's able to do that better in the districts that count? Like, Like both of them? should ignore north like joe glenbeck's district fuck it who cares like whatever it was like 50 50 in the primary byron won it by a little bit but there's just not that many voters there it's a pain in the ass to canvas fuck it like nobody is going to riverside to push people out to vote for this november election like if anybody does, if if you're if if you're a Riverside voter and somebody comes to your door and you're listening to this podcast, let me know and I'll send you twenty five dollars because I lied. But I don't <laughs> think it's going to happen. All right, you might get a push poll, you might get a phone call because those things are cheap and they'll just push them right through. Oh, I got but, a, I got a push poll, but nobody is actually coming to your door if you live in north like in that joe golembic district now if you live in niagara or delaware or south or maston or fillmore or ellicott people are coming to your door whether you want them to or not
2: yeah and look like the way that the walton campaign won that primary was just pure pure hustle and it was just like the most amount of hard work that you can imagine putting into a a primary campaign. And you really caught like an entrenched established politician off guard, but now it's going to (laughs) take double the amount of that. You know, like it's it really, there's no rest until this general election is over. And I, I, I think that again, I don't want to shortchange anybody on that campaign or their staff. Like they won that primary. So they have done enough to, Earn our respect and Man. earn, you know, us giving them leeway to say, all right, you know, let's see what you've got. But I also warn that it ain't over. Ree, you and I are boxing MMA fans, right? I, I do. I like to watch uh, Conor McGregor's leg go. <laughs> well,
0: that's a perfect example. You know, the, the saying goes, and those kind of combat sports don't ever leave that to the judges. Don't ever leave it to the judges. Knock them out. Go for the knockout. Do it. It's the only sure way you're going to win. Right. India needs to punch the mayor in the throat right now.
1: Yes. Metaphorically. Sure, <laughs> or literally, I don't care. <laughs>
2: um, I just, I just want to comment. You, you,
1: if you, do you think, do you think she'd, do you, you don't think she'd get more votes in South Buffalo if she walked up to the mayor, punched him in the throat, <laughs> literally? <laughs> That'd be awesome. I, I guarantee you, people along Seneca Street would be like, "Well, she's the kind of broad that I want."
2: <laughs> you know, I just wanted, and it's funny you mentioned that we, you mentioned that a little bit earlier about South Buffalo too. Um, and I, I just wanna, you know, we we talk about Uncle Jimmy's story time, but I, Uncle Rhea is a little little okay, couple stories okay. too um i, I want to talk about south buffalo briefly just because i, I i'm from south buffalo I identify as somebody who I grew up in south buffalo in the first ward you know i consider it in many ways home i know I, I no longer live there um but it is a home to me and i have very deep and close ties to south buffalo and it's funny because there's a, an attitude that south buffalo is like as a broad swath just this racist, you know, recidivist, whatever, basically Trump country. Um and and certainly some of it is. You know, some of South Buffalo is you could hardly distinguish them from a lot of the reactionary Trump leaning people. But South Buffalo is a very big place. South Buffalo is not just the place of white reactionaries it's also home to a very large minority population. Like, yeah, when a lot of people think of South Buffalo, you think of McKinley and you think McKinley Avenue where all the nice Parkway. houses, McKinley Parkway, excuse me. I, I fucking live there and I can't even remember the streets. <laughs> um, McKinley Parkway. And you think of Abbott road uh, of all the Irish bars and the Irish district. But South Buffalo is the South Buffalo of Seneca street, a historically Downtrodden street, um, you know, a whole area where it's it's pretty much some of the worst economic blight that Buffalo has seen. A lot of people on Seneca Street have been dealing with for many fucking years. South Buffalo is also the South Buffalo of Hopkins Street, which really, really gets overlooked when we talk about it because it's not a large street, but it's also directly adjacent to. I can't remember the name of that site over there where they pretty much had like a huge toxic dump where people have been getting fucking cancer since the 70s. Okay. So, and that, hey, wouldn't you know it, that's a primarily uh, minority Latino area over there. All right. So, that's South Buffalo too. And, there's South Buffalo, South Park, and South Park High School, which, again, by and large, has a large minority population. A lot of Uh, A lot of black kids go to that school, at least when I was growing up. I I don't think that's changed too much just based on the demographics. I also know that's a school that a lot of people were bussed into from, let's say, the east side. And, you know, uh, it it became like the place where a lot of black people went to school in the city of Buffalo, um, along with a lot of poor whites in South Buffalo, too. So all this is to say that South Buffalo is not just like. Whatever stereotype you want to put to it, there are a lot of there are a lot of good people in South Buffalo too. There's a lot of fucking people who are the left behinds in this country in this city who nobody really thinks gives a shit about them, mostly because it's true
1: right. yeah uh, that said, I bet yourself still goes seventy thirty for the mayor, but you know why? because we don't have election day as a national holiday in this country. well. I, it, it it because the the, the people on Seneca Street, the people on South Park, the people on Hopkins, they have to work shitty jobs to take care of themselves and their families. And those shitty jobs don't allow them the time to vote on election day.
2: Well sure. I mean, that's that's a big part of it. I, I'm not I'm not going to disagree with you. That wasn't where my point is going, but it's a good point regardless. But my point is that like we're not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Maybe south does go like overwhelmingly for Mayor Byron Brown. That's entirely possible. But I also think that there are a lot of people in South Buffalo who would directly benefit from <laughs> having India Walton as mayor of the city.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree with that 100%. And I think that a Mayor India Walton wouldn't begrudge South Buffalo the way a Mayor Byron Brown would hold it against Niagara District and Delaware District and university if he loses those districts.
2: Yeah, fucking newsflash, by the way. That's a great point, Jim, because Byron Brown's vindictiveness and pettiness knows no bounds. So for those of us who live in those districts who may have been responsible for Byron Brown losing in the primary, and let's say, God forbid, he wins in November, the districts that he lost, well, guess what? You're not going to ever see another fucking pothole or street snow plowed within a week ever again sorry that's what it's about to be byron brown wins you lose your quality of life will go down directly because byron brown does not forgive and he does not forget
1: yep no i mean that that's evident by um and this is going to lead into our next piece about there's an article in the buffalo news about getting rid of the mayor and moving to a city manager thing and they're talking about and, and it, this came from the university district councilman who's had some issues with the mayor this to me says that he thinks byron's gonna win i don't think he'd be doing this if he thought india was gonna win maybe he would maybe he would be doing it independently but doing it right now and part of the reason why is because so when they he he led the the campaign to get rid of the school zone cameras so when the mayor had them get rid of the school zone cameras the district the cameras in university district were the last ones to come out by a couple of weeks. Yeah, we talked about this last week. Right. Yeah. Because the mayor's vindictive, because he's a monster.
2: I mean and, and, and certainly I I think there's merit to that and, and I forget the name of the council member um who introduced it. I, I know he is the 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 school zone camera talking about Rashid Wyatt? Yes. That's exactly yep. what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rashid Wyatt, who is who is a known Byron Brown you know antagonist so he he certainly is not known to be in the mayor's bag. However, awfully suspicious fucking timing. Like, I, I get it. I understand. They might be political opponents. But uh, I had a semi-viral, a.k.a. I had uh, 20 likes on a tweet that, that didn't even tag India Walton. I just put her name in the tweet in the Buffalo News article of this. Um, but I said, like... Hey, India Walton wins the game and they try to change the rules. And it's just like, whether or not this is something that you think Byron Brown is going to win and now you're floating this a either read the room or B you've read the room and you know, this is what you want to get out there. The, the, The implicit messaging is that one way or the other, we don't want an India Walton Mayor, mayorship. I forget the actual fucking noun for that, but it just reads like that. Mayorality? Mayorality? Uh, oh, r- r- a little while yeah. So I think it's just, it's fucking garbage. I'm sorry. Yeah, so friend of the pod, Rusty, our boy, which, oh, by the way, happy birthday, Rusty.
1: Yeah, happy birthday, Rusty.
2: Happy birthday, Rusty.
1: We had, had a very rusty birthday. We'll uh, we'll play you a spirit anniversary formation journey for you.
2: Yes, but he, uh, uh, him, and and both friend of the friend of the pod, Jason Knight, in response to this Buffalo News, um, this article, uh, tweeted about a moving to a council manager form of government, um, which would, as Rusty says here in this tweet, would require changing the city charter via referendum. If the council's willing to go that far. Why not go all the way and make it a hashtag community rights people centered charter and then um, shares uh, his his blog post from Cornell with makes with Jason arguing just sense. for that hmm? so we we've, yeah. we've I mean, talked down here about the city charter
1: we, we've talked about the the you know like changing the, the chart changing the charter and making it citizens rights based um, I it if they're willing to go that far to make it a city manager. I don't think they're really going to go that far to make a citizens rights, but uh, maybe prove me wrong, Common Council. Prove me wrong. Tell, show to me that you care more about the citizens than you care about yourselves.
2: Well, I, I don't. I don't foresee this being an actual possibility, and and whether this is, um, you know, a little bit of a backbiting at Mayor Brown by by Rashid Wyatt, or if this is a, a hit on Indy Walton, you know, subversively, who who knows? But what we do know is that there's gonna even if even if india walton again the democratic nominee does win jim we could very well see her tenure be under siege from the jump um ken Cruley a friend of the pod he's never been on the pod but i'll call him a friend he uh what was his piece in the investigative post about the control board
1: it was actually on his uh i think it was on his blog politics and stuff ah. um he was talking about how for the last Several years, the mayor has been spending down the fund balance that the city's had to cover budget deficits. The fund balance that the city was forced to build under the last hard control board. Now the city is running out of money for a rainy day, as evidenced by the American Rescue Plan coming around and all this money's coming to the city. And Byron's like, well, I'm going to spend one hundred and ten million dollars or roughly that amount on basically like Covering the amount of deficit I have in the budget.
2: You don't get to a point where you're electing a socialist, a democratic socialist mayor like India Walton without the city being in many ways complete disarray, which is evidenced by Byron Brown's financial uh, mismanagement here. But I mean, boy, talk about an uphill battle for you know, India Walton, if she does win this general election November, like, what would and and we can this is very far off in the future. India Walton is in for the fight of her life now. It's starting to shape up to be. But let's say she does win this. Let's just forecast a little bit. What would having a hard control like or control board be like for somebody with the aspiration of India Walton Jim?
1: I mean, it would be nigh impossible. I, I guess the, the, the one thing you could say is that you know she wants to rearrange city funding in a certain way. If she's willing to make the drastic cuts that she talked with us about in January to certain departments, she'd be able to find the money to rearrange things. But you know, she'd have to raise taxes. She would absolutely have to raise taxes in the city of Buffalo. You can't have However much the budget gap is is per year. But I mean, I'm going to guess it's about $107 because that's about how much the mayor said he's going to take of the American Rescue Plan to
0: cover expenses. That's a pretty large fucking budget gap for a city. So that's operational budget, right? Right. It's not capital expenses. Is Correct. that operational budget lowered because of the pandemic this past year? Or not the budget is lowered, but the funding for the budget. Maybe. Is it, I know he's been cutting into that that rainy day fund for however many years, but is it just exasperated by the pandemic right now? I mean, probably to a
1: certain extent, I'm sure like sales tax. Yeah. Has been exasperated by the budget. Right.
0: You know, but I'm sure parking tickets, the the revenue from that took a hit.
1: Right. And the revenue from that took a hit because they were extending the, they were giving blanket clemency for parking on both sides of the street during the week because people were working from home. So they weren't, getting parking tickets they didn't raise as much money off of the speed cameras as they thought they would raise because they had to get rid of them. There's a whole bunch of things that didn't that, you know, cause some issues from the fundraising, you know, that the city owns a lot of the, they didn't get as much money from parking, right? They, they own a lot of the parking in the city and with people working remotely and not coming downtown, they probably weren't making as much money off of the parking department. Sure. So, uh, yes, I'm sure all those things are true. That's not $107 million. Yeah, it only gets harder from here.
2: Like, for India Walton, winning the primary, as hard as it was, was the easiest thing that she will have had to do politically in her political life. It, it we, we talked about it on the show. Well, then, until
1: she runs for president.
2: Sure. Right. Uh, we talked about it on the show that, you know, and and we're and we're not I mean, we are we're, we're beautiful geniuses here, of course. but it doesn't take a fucking rocket science to figure out that hey, it, a rocket scientist I should oh. say, I'm spitting all over myself here today. um it doesn't take I'm gonna have an Elmer Fudd moment doesn't take a smart guy <laughs> to figure out that um you know that it wouldn't be easy for India Walton, but she's in the shit now, you know win w- fuck win that general and now it's like, the looming specter of the control board. But we'll we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. I say don't think about it now, but listener, it's something to keep in the back of your mind as the popular democratic nominee who won that primary is now facing, you know, just this crazy amount of pushback from pretty much every institutional force imaginable.
1: Right. I mean, if you think that Governor Andrew Cuomo will hesitate for a second to institute a hard control board on the city of Buffalo of India Walton's mayor, you are living in a totally different fantasy world than I am living in. And I'm living in a fantasy world, but you're living a totally different one than I'm living in. And
2: we, we've, I'll just, we'll, we'll wrap up on the mayor stuff here um, in just a second. But I, I think we would be remiss in not bringing up the, uh, that terrible hit piece in the Buffalo news last week that came out just r- like really right after we recorded uh, last week's episode, it was something to do with uh, somebody was drug dealing out of her old apartment that came from like an anonymous source who turned out to be a landlord. Is that right? Yeah. So just completely unsourced, but it just came from this one guy who, who said? Oh yeah, I think there was some drug dealing going on in that apartment.
1: Right, and there was never any charges filed against her or the person that he uh, accused of running. Uh, not, not from the 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 person that he was saying was living there, who was selling drugs, had some charges filed against him, but not at that time, not during that period.
2: Just complete mudslinging by the Buffalo News, which, you know, I, I'd like to do more of a deep dive on in the near future because it is getting it is getting out of hand and that fish wrap is already, you know, we we've known it's been terrible. Anybody who lives in this fucking city who sees that newspaper knows it's been just God awful for years, but they're taking it to a whole new level right now.
1: I mean, to, to allow somebody to anonymously just slag the presumptive mayor like that is crazy. I mean, it's just insane. Like to, to do no modicum of research and be like, Oh, okay. And they're like, well, this person wants to be anonymous because they're afraid of retaliation when it takes, like, the average person all of 10 seconds to search on the Internet and find out the name of the homeowner, the property owner.
2: Well, speaking of the fail the in Buffalo News, Jim, um, to, to move on away from the mayor's race here, the fail Buffalo News recently had an editorial, which I'm pulling up. I just had it up. Here it is. Um, recently had an editorial which my god like have some self-respect have even just a shred of of decency and self-regard this editorial that they printed in Yale Buffalo snooze is by the editorial board because nobody in their right fucking mind would want to put a name to this one okay the editorial board Hey, tech workers, look us over. Hubba hubba. The article starts, come to Buffalo. The COVID-19 pandemic changed the nature of technology and white collar work. The New York Times recently cited an estimate that 23 million people plan to relocate as a result of an increased ability to work remotely. We won't be coy. Come to Buffalo. Buffalo. You may think of us as a frozen place near Niagara Falls, sitting in downtown Buffalo on a fine July day with high temperatures in the mid 70s. We encourage you to revisit that stereotype. Imagine yourself dining at an outdoor table in Elmwood Village or on Hurdle Avenue. That's a good reason to come to Buffalo. Yeah, hanging out on Hurdle Avenue. Yeah, a empty pockets is yeah, what, empty the mo- way I
1: want to. I want to. <laughs> that's 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 why I was like, well, yeah. you know, Austin's weird and cool, right. but empty
0: pockets. The, the uh, visit Buffalo Niagara. Uh, next, the next ad will be based out of Empty Pockets, I'm sure.
2: Mm-hmm. You get the Hurdle gray blob, mm-hmm. or beige blob, or whatever the fuck it is. Oh, but wait, there are more good reasons. <clears throat> in bold here so each of these they give a reason they bold it and then they give a little description here sensible housing prices jack eichel well i, I don't know if I'd that know. might change by the time this price. comes out jim oh but but sensible housing prices yeah the housing prices are just getting more and more sensible with each day guys i i think we can all agree with that here
0: no they're inflated because people who can re- work remote now are buying homes around here partially well on top of the speculators
2: the news writes here um regarding sensible housing prices the locals think housing prices are crazy these days well yeah we fucking think we're trying to live here and buy houses and you can't fucking afford a house yeah anyways but people who move to buffalo from the nation's tech hubs are astonished at what they can buy you may be able to buy a house no mortgage with the cash proceeds from your Silicon Valley Seattle oh, Austin no. Boston Stay sale. There. Stay there. Just what we want. The people, you know, who basically pump and dumped into the Silicon Valley,
0: Seattle, Austin, Boston, yeah. coming here. And the same thing that happened there is gonna happen here. We're gonna be priced out and and no one mm-hmm. no working class class people will be able to live here anymore.
2: Well, the next reason to move here, no earthquakes, wildfires, hurricanes, mudslides, and almost never tornadoes.
1: I've been to the TGA Fridays downtown, and they have mudslides. Oh,
2: (laughs) they have have good. Those mudslides are good. I've had those before. Sure, we get snow, but have someone explain lake effect before you decide where to live. Most of us in Buffalo get routine, we live in the northern half of the country snow. The pictures on television are usually from lake effect land
1: okay eat it hamburg yeah Yeah. suck it yeah suck it south towns right sorry randy hoke but we're never gonna help you out again big league amenities small
2: town friendliness okay start with the albright knox art gallery oh you mean the one that hasn't been open for two years it'll be open just in time for these dipshits to come in and buy property and and go to it so i I guess they're kind of lucking out but you know again for the rest of us who actually live here uh no no art at least at that place. There's lots of good arts places, but uh, the Albright Knox, the Buffalo Philharmonic Orchestra, and the Buffalo Bills and Sabres, all of which would hold their own anywhere. That's right. The Buffalo Sabres would definitely hold their own anywhere. Uh,
0: 10 years ago. Classic.
1: Maybe Toledo.
2: Climate Refuge. The experts say Western New York is likely to warm as climate change advances, but we are also likely to escape the worst effects of climate change. Our abundant fresh water and lake breezes make our region a likely climate refuge. Are you guys thinking like because when I read that, I'm thinking about um, uh, Imperator Joe from fucking Mad Max just turning on the switch and we're all just like begging for water at the bottom of the mountain. Mm-hmm. That's uh, the fucking climate refuge that we're about to be getting. Uh, see,
1: back. it's. Uh, I don't think that. I think like is the world's ending. But if you want to live like in a decent place for a little
0: while longer, for a little while until we and, until the Great Lakes flood us all.
1: Right. While uh, while everybody else that you know is dying, come if you, here if you
0: come eh, here and laugh eh, at them on the news. Eh, we're not so bad. It's so sad. It's sad that that's a, a marketing ploy right now. Right, I mean, because it's it's
1: giving up. It it it's the type of thing where, like, you know, who wrote that? Somebody who's sixty. <coughs> Fuck
0: cock. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. <laughs> they,
1: they they really get they it really, all out, Jim. So somebody who's sixty wrote that because they know that like the climate is going to be terrible for the rest of their lives for the next 15 years or whatever their terrible lives is how long they're going to live is 20 years at the most until they get into a car accident because they're they're rushing to get into the new chick-fil-a on hurdle Oh God! they're like well at least we'll be good weather-wise for the next 20 years for my life but and they're not thinking about like the eight-year-old who's like yeah I can't wait to be a 20-year-old in the only habitable place in the United States yeah. and then be a 40-year-old in a place that's not habitable at all because it's anywhere in the United States.
0: Listen, I, I, I work in the tech field. I, I hope I'm not considered a tech bro. Maybe I am. I don't
1: want this. You're part of the Yang gang.
0: Am I part of the Yang gang? Uh, Are you shitting me? <laughs> I don't want this crypto power plant. I tell you that. Well, well, we'll get to that in just a
2: second, all although right. I, I do want to say that at this point, the Buffalo News should just give uh, the Buffalo-Niagara partnership their own byline. Yeah, Just make it official. Like, Just say, oh, written by the Buffalo-Niagara partnership, because at least that would give them a little bit more decorum than uh, <laughs> the editorial board. And there's a lot more to this fucking trash. You know, the, the standard like, oh, we have architecture, and you're close to Toronto. Huh, I'm and, so tired of hearing that and shit. And we have more breweries per capita than Texas has barbecue
0: joints. Well, you're going to need all that booze to get through life in the next 50 years yeah so
2: just in case you're wondering why the price of everything is just going to go up exponentially it's because the buffalo news is doing things like courting you know fleeting capital that will stay around for maybe 10 years and then fucking leave the area and leave you the listener a person who presumably lives here and plans on living here maybe the rest of your life uh make your life a lot worse so I'm not opposed to, you know, new people, people are welcome to come here, but what they're explicitly advocating here is for capital, like rich people to come in, up the prices of the houses, gobble up the houses that you can't afford anymore. And, uh, you know, just the price of everything's going up. Mm-hmm. So the crypto plant, Ryan, we're on tech bros. Yeah. Tech bros. Mm-hmm. The tech bros crypto. The, I'm sorry. crypto's over. Well, not crypto's over. Crypto's over so of course now is the time for western new york to jump on right
1: this. exactly oh this is a canadian org, uh, company oh well
2: so again from the phelan buffalo news north Tunnel Tonaw- blockchain company chief says north tonawanda power plant deal would create jobs oh i, I bet it would we love it folks we love jobs uh, jobs i i just uh one of my favorite like series of videos is like conor o'malley just going around wall street and he's like how do i get money (laughs)
3: give me the money
2: (laughs) just like crazy eyed and like blood streaming down his face and that's what i think of whenever i see these jobs
0: if there's any if there's anything the local leaders around here know how to do it's create jobs Right, guys? Jobs. They've done so great at creating jobs the past decade.
1: I I, I will say, if there's anything that Byron Brown's good at, it's chasing jobs.
0: Oh, sure. Jobs,
2: jobs, jobs. (laughs) Well, the president of DigiHost, a Canadian blockchain company, said this week that his planned $3.5 million purchase of a North Tonawanda power plant would create about 20 permanent jobs and 30 to 40 construction jobs. (laughs) How much did they buy this thing for? $3.5 3.5 million dollar purchase and they're creating 20 permanent
1: Well jobs. because it's it, cuz it's literally just going to be them farming like cryptocurrency so you don't need anybody to be like supervisor of all so, your CPUs who are, are just running at 100% efficiency the entire time. Are
0: they planning on starting this coal power plant back up to power all these devices? Or what's what's the story? I, I don't think they're planning to not start it back <laughs> up.
2: Al Kamar said his company Whoa. currently runs a data mining operation... An array of numerous computers performing complex mathematical calculations needed for investments in cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin at the former Axle plant, American Axle plant in Buffalo. Wait, this is data mining, not crypto mining, right? This, a little different. That's yes, that's what they're saying. Okay. Um, date, he, he currently runs a dating miner, yeah. a mining operation. Sure. So that site would stay open, Amar said, even if Digihost buys the forty-star natural gas burning power plant. So he would keep his current site open and then he would open up this new one. Um, the purchase requires approval from the state public service commission. The plan to stack shipping containers, twenty-four feet high, on the plant's lawn and stuff them with more data mining computers <laughs> requires Surprise. approval from approval from the city of North Ottawa. Just a stack of shipping
0: containers with data mining, just gobbling up
2: energy and yeah, oh God. burning
0: burning methane, putting that in the atmosphere, which is like I guess way worse than carbon. Mm-hmm. Amazing.
2: We're courting jobs. We're we're basically begging for computers to come here.
0: Twenty jobs is negligible. It's nothing. You know, like not only that, but isn't there some hydroelectric power we can utilize for this fucking shit? <laughs> right by Niagara Falls, Niagara County could use the twenty jobs, right? Uh, and we and we, we don't, don't have to burn power in Erie County. Yeah, do we? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, we get plenty of hydroelectric power in Erie County. Well, fuck. Here we go.
1: What the fuck's the problem? Do we want to encourage more blockchain data miners to move to the area? No, I don't think so. Wouldn't we? Hey,
0: hey, tech bros, look at us. Yeah. But if they're going to do it, I'd rather they use hydroelectric power rather than burn methane. Well, (sighs) you know. I'm of the firm opinion that crypto is over. Call your congressman. All right. Get mad. Get mad at your congressman. Mm. But something I won't get mad at my congressman. It's a Ponzi scheme. It was cool for a while. I bought into it. I don't know no longer. Something I won't get mad at my congressman about because I guess I'm mad at him.
2: I'm mad well he one he's not my congressman, but two I'm mad that Nate is not my congressman cuz it's Nate White. Oh, <laughs> Nate. White. Nate. <laughs> 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 yes, I'm mad that Nate's not my congressman, but private citizen Nate McMurray. Damn do he be tweeting. Damn is he fine. Damn is he fine. Yes. He is fine, and we're not the only ones to recognize that. Oh, far from it. No, no. In this week's edition of Nate Watch, uh, we have just another, just another banger of a Nate McMurray tweet. Man, I, I gotta tell you, like I, I don't mean to belabor this point because I know I say it every time. Nate,
0: don't up. ever stop tweeting,
2: please. For the love of God, don't ever stop doing Never. what you're doing. No, he, he is... Don't podcast. That's not your game. No, no. Tweeting, tweeting is tweeting's your thing.
1: No, he is the, he's the Samuel Clemens of the Twitter.
2: Just an artiste. A true craftsman of the forum. Yep. So, this tweet that came out uh, today. Today. Earlier today. the, the Today's uh, Tuesday the 27th. Nate McMurray. At Nate McMurray. I'm in line at a Dunkin' Donuts. An older lady just asked if I was "quote
0: that dude," end quote. That dude. I now, said. Now I'm assuming he, he. She's not talking about Al Pacino from the Dunkachino commercials, right? Well, she could be. Okay. Uh,
1: maybe she's talking about the Nickelodeon series. That dude. Oh, maybe. Yes. Yes. I said, "What
2: dude? dude?" She said, "The guy who hates Trump." Oh. I said. Yes, <laughs> she then said, "I recognize you. You're fine." All caps. This conversation was the greatest compliment paid to me ever in politics.
1: It's also the realest conversation uh, he's ever had. The
2: the guy who hates Trump. The best the best the, guy. the best compliment I ever received is, "You're hot." And you don't like Trump?
0: No, no. She said, "Fine." Did. did I'm assuming that means that she found him attractive her panties dropped or or, or is he, is she just saying, "Ah, you're fine you hey, don't you don't put, uh, you're fine you don't put you're just put, okay
2: you don't put fine in all caps if you're just saying somebody's okay okay, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. there's there's emphasis there you're fine mm. mm. yeah she might have made that noise too
1: okay right uh, she may have poured a little salt and pepper on him and took out fork and knife out
2: mm. Mm. wow the greatest compliment ever paid. <laughs> to me in politics, wow! Oh my God, Nate, don't ever change. We love you, baby. Mm-hmm. We love you, baby. Just not as a podcaster, you know. Not your, not your. Four, if you want to come, come on, hey, come on this podcast. Yeah. It might be a different story. Sell us, hey. Listen, we are you know of the opinion that. Uh, uh, the 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 good waters raise all ships. I can't remember the actual quote, but you know, rising tide, rising tide, the, yeah. the good water, yeah. the,
0: the good water. Good water. What the fuck is wrong the with the, the, good, the good water. Man, this I had too like,
2: many drinks at uh, the,
1: the drag brunch yeah, this weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the good water.
0: The, the rising nuts lift all. The, <laughs> the rising <Yeah>. <laughs> The the non-flint water.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Yeah. Well, we pressed the ape button. I guess we got to press the other button that
0: if we have makes us happy. Stefan,
2: Stefan. all the delivery of a nice wet fart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Stefan, what's he doing now? What's our little guy? Uh, what kind of japes and foibles is he getting himself into, Jim?
1: So uh, Stefan this week, flaunting the mask requirement that they have at uh, the Wrath Building, snuck the financial guys those shitheads on WBN or whatever station they're on. Oh, okay. Uh, into the Wrath building. Now I mean why would he why would he risk his position as controller to do such a thing? Well, they're donors. Oh no shit. Yeah they, they give they've given like a thousand dollars to between you know their organization and individually uh, to Stefan uh, over the years
0: and if um, we gave a thousand dollars to Stefan, could we hang out with him? Yes, absolutely. He, for a thousand dollars, he would definitely take our money. <laughs> for, if, if, if we told
1: Stefan, if we gave him a thousand dollars and he said, but we what we want you to do is to use this box of 16 crayons and cover yeah. this entire coloring book. Yeah. And we're going to hang them up on our fridge. He'd be like,
0: okay. Okay. For a thousand dollars, I'm, $1, just, $1, I'm yeah, just wondering what, what we could get Stefan to do for a thousand dollars. a lot of things. Okay. Listeners send in your ideas. At
1: Squarepod Buff on Twitter. Right. At Squarepod Buff. Ideas for what we could get Stefan to do for $1,000. bet
2: he would do a dunk contest. Or uh, not a. Oh, well, yeah, no, no, like a dunk tank.
1: Oh, I, a, I'd rather do a dunk contest with Stefan. <laughs> oh, $1,000. Okay. <laughs> we'd have to lower the rim a little bit. That's okay. Okay. I mean, we'd have to lower it for me, too.
2: Okay. If I were a politician, I would definitely do a dunk tank. I, I feel like if, as a fundraiser, slam dunk. Mm-hmm. You know, not. Not, not any kind of wordplay there, but really, like who, even if you like the guy or a or woman or you know, whoever it is, like, isn't it like uh rewarding just to see somebody powerful get their head dunked in
1: the water? Friend of the pod, Pat Burke, did a dunk tank last year as a fundraiser,
2: yes, that's right, that's right, that's probably what I was thinking of. Do more of that, and Stefan, we will that's my idea, I'm throwing that out there. To uh, to do that also maybe you could like do something where you just dunk you literally dunk his
1: head in the water.
0: Uh, uh, Stefan uh, Dunk Tank would make bank uh, s- s- for a
1: thousand dollars, but we get him to into, into a hot dog eating contest. Oh, wow, uh, wow,
2: that's a great idea.
0: That's fantastic. Uh, I, I'd like to see how many hot dogs Stefan can shove down what, that mall. Well, we'll just have him talk to your dad, right? See yeah. if you can get him into a, like a a, a surprise right. hot dog eating contest. Oh yeah, perfect.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well. And then the other thing was Stefan this week because that wasn't enough oh what that, else we got so so if you run for office in New York State uh, whether you run for a state office or for a local office, you are required to make a political committee for each office that you run for so let's say I'm snake yeah and I'm snake and I'm gonna run for good
0: luck being me. In my shoes for a
1: day uh well, in, in, in in your slithery boots, that's right, uh, and I'm going to run for town board, and I win or I lose doesn't matter, probably win because I'm snake, okay, and then I want to run for county sheriff
0: yes, I have to make a new committee, completely different committee completely different committee, different campaign, different office that's
1: how that's just how law works, yes. Say you run for county sheriff first, and you want to run for something smaller, and you're like, "Ah, I'd run and run for town board. Got to do it all over again. Still got to do it all over again. Okay. And let me guess. Stefan's not doing this. Stefan, why he's got a committee for county controller, which he pretty much ran his congressional campaign out of last year, which is illegal. Yeah. So he's running for supervisor in the town of Hamburg. He's doing mallards. He's doing polling. He's doing all this stuff. Hasn't created a committee for supervisor for town of Hamburg. Okay. He's doing literally everything out of his county controller
0: office. Well, that's not good.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, not good, illegal. You and I have two words for the same thing. When you say tomato, I say tomato. Yeah.
0: That's Uh, what I meant to say. My vocabulary is limited.
1: Illegal. 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 So, Stefan, if you're listening, I don't know. You know what? Do you keep doing what you're doing? And and hopefully, like, October, like, 18th, the State Board of Elections censors you. Right before the election, and you and you get shit on with a great big press release in the Hamburg Sun right before the election. Now there's a fundraiser.
0: Shit on Stefan.
2: He might not go for
0: that. One. Oh, for a thousand dollars, I bet he would. Well, he would for a thousand dollars. I bet. Yeah.
2: You know, it'd be funny if he if he if he got censored though. Um, and that's the S U R E spelling, right? Right. You know how many? You know how much hay he'd be able to make with that? That he was censored. Because he appeals to the lowest common denominator, so censored Stefan. I, I could see it. He censored, folks. Censored.
1: What, I mean, what, what if he was convicted of a crime?
2: He was censored. He was censored. He was censored. Censored Stefan. Fired for truth. Well, enough of uh, the crazy...
0: Yeah, I've had enough of
2: time. i fucking fucking Fuck that guy. What, what's going on uh, in uh, the cultural section, Jim? We, we've got a little... Uh, a little tapo day club update we do
1: so i saw this uh via a a facebook friend they posted a receipt that they had from going to tapo day club this past weekend what was circled on their receipt was party of one and then also circled was the automatic gratuity added for a large party 20 Mm percent and apparently because they they how much did they weigh well you know, that, that's not correct. To ask. a girl I'm never sorry. tells. Yeah, right. Uh, uh, the they accosted the staff member there and was like, "What the fuck is this?" And they're like, "Oh, we just add gratuity to every check." Great business model.
2: Do it. You're doing great, sweetie. Awesome. Wow. Just just suck the suck everything dry. Every last fucking bit of meat on the bone before that
0: place goes under. Jeez. I hope the workers at least get those tips. <laughs> For Christ's sake! Good good yeah. Luck. Good luck.
2: Yeah. Oh, how about uh, Butera's gym? I, I think we have a little update uh, on the Butera's
0: front. Yeah, well, a little story came out in the Buffalo News last week. Right? Oh man, we're That's, cribbing a lot from the Buffalo. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like yeah, that. I, I always
2: feel uncomfortable. I'm like, I know you people don't know anything, but I, I still have to rely
0: on you as a source. It. Uh, oh wait, no, it wasn't the Buffalo News. I don't know. Oh, Thank it, God. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting this from WGRZ. Sorry. So I don't know. Owner Butera says teenagers with no experience are applying. He can't get he can't get anyone with experience to work for a whatever the minimum wage is for tipped workers. Tipped
1: workers, yeah, yeah. like like four and a quarter yeah. or whatever it is.
0: Yeah, is he is he like asking for people with a master's degree to uh, yeah. apply to Butera, Butera's restaurant? Right, right, yeah. for fuck's sake! Please apply. Please have two degrees from Johnson and Wales and the CIA. Yeah. So, like, is he one of the, I mean, it looks like the article says he's one of those people who are just so certain that uh, people are 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 staying on unemployment because they're too lazy to work. You know, this messaging, I mean, credit to those who are behind
2: this messaging nationwide, because this has really taken hold as a narrative. I mean, certainly we've seen it here, like yeah. the Ted's hot dog guy had something similar to this, yeah. uh, as I recall. And there's been a few other businesses and now it's just become accepted as common wisdom. Yeah, it's common knowledge. And it's like, how
0: many people do you actually fucking know who are doing this?
1: Well, I don't know anybody. There was an article today, and I can't remember, because I read, because I'm smart, I read a lot of national papers. Oh, yeah. Um, there you go. No, was, I can't remember if it was the Washington Post or New York Times uh, had an article today How in that, like, States that did not extend the unemployment benefits are having similar issues with workers, especially in the service industry. Oh, no shit. Oh, my God. And and it's like I live in the town of Lancaster right now. Mention this on the Kim Beatty show. Yeah. I live near the intersection of Central and Walden. There's a bunch of warehouses and bullshit like that up and down Walden. All of them have now hiring signs out front. They are hiring. Literally anyone who shows up for like 18 to $22 an hour plus yep.
0: benefits. Yeah. Why would you work at a restaurant where everybody hates you and treats you like shit? Yeah. People are fucking garbage right now to people. Right. Like they've always been, but especially now. Right. So why would you go and work at a restaurant for $5 an hour plus
1: tips from garbage people Yeah. when you were like, no, fuck it. I'll go work a regular schedule that won't fuck with my sleep won't get me addicted to coke and will pay for my health
0: care hey that sounds pretty good
2: yeah well and this brings us to our last point here about um you know the, the resurgence of covid now it, it hasn't fucking gone away and now the cdc is recommending that hey you got to go back to mask wearing now if you're in high risk public areas like then the the grocery store or if you're on public transportation or the Bills game or the fucking yeah. Bills game. And so the point of all this is COVID never went away but a lot of fucking people did. At half a million people in this country at least based on at documented least, at least documented reported recorded numbers. So A lot of people who these employers would, in different times, be hiring,
0: they might just be fucking dead. They're not here anymore. They might be dead. Maybe people decided to retire. Maybe they realized that, oh, I've been working in this second job and I make just as much watching my kid without sending them to daycare now. Or whatever. Whatever the fucking reason might be. People reevaluated their priorities and and their um, income. Right, mm-hmm. their budget. We have so, less
2: people. That's but, the th- we're not we're not dealing with the ramifications. We, have, that, so, we have few people. Too. So we we are dealing with this like like reckoning that holy shit that the the most vulnerable people in our society who we could just shuffle into jobs like you know working in these restaurants making fucking peanuts who would who had to work there who had to be there we are missing a portion of that population who has historically been at the very bottom of the chain. And so we're prescribing that to some kind of laziness or to some kind of, you know, oh, they're staying at home and they're getting paid to stay at home or they're not, they lack a work ethic now. And it's like, no, we just don't have those people anymore.
1: Well, I mean, I don't want to dismiss or diminish the amount of people that died. But I really think one of the real things that one of the reasons why restaurants is seeing a shortage of workers is like, so. It's really hard when you're working 40 to 60 hours a week to find another job. It's really hard to look for another job yeah. when you're spending that much time on your current without, job. Especially without paid time off Right? Yeah. to interview. So when these individuals got unemployment and were being paid for unemployment, they had the opportunity to look for other jobs, and they found them. The restaurant, the service industry, has yet to adjust to the the idea that people are like nah fuck it it's just not worth it
2: yeah i mean they 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 don't it's quite obvious that that particular industry has not dealt with the ramifications of having a scarcity of labor you know it, it's that's an industry historically labor's been cheap and plentiful mm-hmm. where hey you fire one person and you have another one waiting to line up at the door and now it's not that anymore but yeah Delta variant, guys, I I don't even know what to say. I'm I, I'm so shell-shocked, and I'm so, I, I'm numb to a lot of the stuff that it, it, it just has, and, and not numb that I don't believe in it, or that I don't think that it's not a, a serious crisis. I'm just so, like, living in a state of disbelief that we had to stay in our homes basically for a year and a half, and that it might be something that we have to live with
0: again. Oh, sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I'm i not emotionally ready for it. I haven't lost the weight I gained, so I'm not physically ready for it. <laughs> it's going to be very interesting to see what government's response is. You, you have a lot of people who are like, who are still, don't tread on me. Don't force masks. Don't, make, don't mandate vaccines.
0: It'd be great if not taking a vaccine only affected them, but it doesn't.
1: Right. I mean, I was having this conversation with a friend a couple of days ago, and yeah you know, and and they they are a individual rights champion, okay. I don't want to say they're libertarian because that might not be far enough right for them. And they were still like not getting a vaccine is just selfish
2: well. Hate to end it on a downer, guys, but you know what? Sometimes that's what the we, world gives you. we got you an at.
0: upper right after this.
2: We do have an upper. Jim and and Snake here lead an incredible interview with Roger Bryan of Roger Bryan and the Orphans. So that'll pick your spirits back up, get you smiling by the end of the episode. But uh, thanks for joining us this week on The Square. Thanks. Yeah.
0: Happy birthday, Rusty.
1: Our interview segment, and we've got Roger Bryan of Roger Bryan and the Orphans, a local band here to join us. Uh, Now, uh, they've got a a new single out. Yes, we do.
4: What's it called? Uh, Everybody Knows. Everybody Knows. It came out, what, July 16th? Yeah. Yeah, just last week, a little over a week now.
1: So you can find it on SoundCloud, Spotify, where you find- Spotify. Bandcamp.
4: Bandcamp. Bandcamp. Mm -hmm. Apple Music, uh, all that
1: stuff. Where you find live music. Yep. So we're gonna talk to Raj about like local music and like the scene and you know him personally, what the band's doing. So uh, you know, hope that we uh, we sate your thirst for a little bit of local music.
0: Yeah, finally <laughs> a candy episode, right? Yeah, we, we've I done mean, a lot of vegetable episodes lately, and <laughs> we got we got to get back to having some fun again,
1: right? Yeah, I mean. I would say that the Kim Beaty episode was like candied vegetables. Okay, okay. okay. Like,
0: like we we added a lot of brown yeah. sugar and butter to that. Brown sugar and butter, like uh, like what's that green bean salad? Yeah, yeah, or, you, or like maybe a, a, a sweet sweet potato, sweet potato uh, casserole, or sweet yeah, potato, yeah.
1: yeah. Like or like I was at a wedding this weekend and we had glazed carrots. Oh and, baby! And I would say the carrots were like forty five percent brown sugar. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Wow. I mean, they were delicious. That's what you want in a wedding, right? And I would say that the carrots weren't overcooked. They weren't too soft. Okay, they al dente. Were just, yeah, al dente. they mm-hmm. nice, nice toothiness to them.
4: There you go. All right. So.
1: So, Raj, so how long have you been involved in local music? Uh,
4: Since I was about 18. So we're talking about over 20 years now, which is hard to fathom. (laughs) Um, I feel like I've been around forever right now. Um, uh, Yeah. After uh, I started playing, um, coming out of high school, when the sort of what we view as sort of like the previous, uh, you know, current at the time generation folks like girl Pope Mm -hmm. that were, uh, you know, happening at that time. Um, And we, as, as we kind of grew up and, you know, started forming our own bands um, that sort of turned into the, you know, Star Trek, the next generation version of Buffalo music. And that's where our band uh, originally the old sweethearts and, you know, the label, Harvest Sum that we had at uh that started around that time. Um kind of kicked in and um been around ever ever since still. Yeah plugging what, away. What year did Harvest Sum come around? It was right around two thousand three, two thousand four, okay. I think was when our first uh record came out. Um and yeah, that's when we, you know, we kind of devised that as a as an umbrella to kind of try to build um, you know, a core group of bands and build shows around that and releases to try to, you know, just create a new scene, something for people to latch on to yeah. uh, at that time. Yeah, I, I, I was,
1: I was going to guess around there, because I remember going to a, a Some Christmas concert at Mohawk Place. Oh, wow.
4: Oh, yeah. Um,
1: uh, yeah, we kept those up
4: for several years until they finally... There was It was one of those things where, like, one year... For whatever reason, it just it didn't happen for whatever uh, mm. purpose, and then we were just like we were out of the Christmas game. Right, <laughs> and the, someone else took over. Game. Yeah, did yeah. You, did
0: you, have you ever put out a Christmas album?
4: We did in well, that. Probably that first that
1: first, the first year, that first year, okay. I I still have the Christmas album. Oh no album shit! Oh, with okay. like a couple of Sleeping Kings of Iona tracks <laughs> yep. and us,
4: Bill Nighyell was on there. Yeah, um, oh, that's cool. We actually got like Jimmy Chambers, uh, yeah, from Mercury Rev was on there. They had a song. Uh, yeah, it was fun. That was <laughs> we did that really fast. Uh, that was a blast to do. We had uh, we had big dreams at that time, and that was a that was a nice start where it was like. We're doing a holiday party. Not only can you see these bands, but yeah, you're going to walk away with a record of some covers, but a lot of original Christmas songs that we, you know, had written. And uh, yeah, it was great. That's yeah. Cool. It was good.
0: I, I always wanted to write my own. Uh, All I want for Christmas is you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah uh, just make it big.
1: It's, it's already been written. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, unless you meant you... Ewe! All I all I want for Christmas is sheep, and then like um, very particular yeah, like well, Australian herders were very yeah, into that song. I don't think that's been done well,
0: you know, among other people.
1: <laughs> so, uh, so, Rod, like, so you've been involved in the game in yeah. the in the biz, as it were, for so to speak, a, a while. <laughs> yeah. What's different now than when you first got involved? Like, what are, like what are the big differences, like? Some of the some of the same venues are around. Yeah. Some of the venues aren't around anymore. We'll pour one out for the Continental. But I mean, yeah. you know, that's Frank's fault.
4: Uh, the 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 biggest thing uh, is probably the change over the years um, of the sort of scene based uh, papers and coverage that the that the city had um, when we first got going, and, and for a little while, or even before, really we started. I feel like this was something that was in place that we this is part of the reason that we learned about all this stuff is that I was, you know, reading these local papers that had, uh, you know, photographs from Nancy Parisi. Yeah. Girl Pope just played at Showplace or whatever, you know, Continental coverage of bands, uh, and you were constantly getting updates on what was going on. You had, you know, album reviews and things there's on it. There's a the whole ecosystem on about a, it, right? Yeah, there was. That doesn't exist anymore. No, yeah. those, those uh, little rags are gone, um, you know, and there's not... A Would, generalized publication that really focuses any attention on that anymore.
0: Would you have? You had Art Voice. You had um, the Buffalo News. Did some of that stuff.
1: The, and you had a couple the of beat. The, the beat. beat. Yeah. On like Buffalo nightlife was like a, a rag that yeah. was out yep. for a while. Yeah. There was one that was like rock stars or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Like you know, um, so you had like these things that covered these gigs that were done by original musicians right not not just the cover bands right cuz the cover bands like if you want to go to Queen of Heaven Carnival and see a cover band go nuts like yeah that's going to oh. happen every year from now until that, the end like of time. West Seneca burns to, to the ground <laughs> yeah. like
0: it's like it's always going to They're, gonna they're happen. huge in the suburbs right the cover bands that, that's well, like get your get your lawn chair and, and listen to some white snake well even when we talked yeah. to remember when we talked to Marty Borutin,
1: Yeah, right yeah, yeah. we talked to Marty and he said like the bands that complained the most during the COVID shutdown were the cover bands because those people do that as their living. Right, right, right. Right. Yeah. Um so like they're big not in just the the suburbs like mm-hmm. you know they play in the cities too. Like yes. like you know like they Yeah, they do. They get shows. I mean that's like I said that's that's their living. So if you yeah, want to see that yeah. 80s hair band like they'll be around. Like mm-hmm. that's going to that's going to happen. The people who didn't complain during COVID were the original bands because like they all have other jobs. Yeah. Right. 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 Like yeah. you know, or or they got really forgiving like girlfriends or boyfriends who take care of them. Like
4: <laughs> like one way or the other. Yeah, it was it was a drag, but uh, you know, we found other things to do. I mean, we were in the initial shutdown, we were um home recording in our own uh places and passing back the tracks, you know, to do demos for songs like this and the ones yeah. that are coming up. Uh so we tried to be uh, you know, useful you know we're like all right well we can't play we're not practicing but Mm -hmm. you know wherever we left off at the space you know prior to this well we can at least kind of sort some of this out in demo form be productive uh get something accomplished you know originally we thought even we were gonna put those out as singles uh but then we quickly realized like this isn't how do you make records. You don't, you, don't, you don't email tracks back and forth from your basement. Like, uh, yeah. But it was, it was useful. It kept us communicating. It gave us something to work on um, until the time came that we were finally able to kind of get back into a room you know, together. Mm-hmm. Um, you're right, though. For a lot of us in, in that scene, it was just like, well... Yeah, I'm, I'm just working, or not working at the time, if, if, if you're one of those folks. right? But our right. lives don't depend on this. Never have, are never gonna. So it is a completely different set of circumstances. Right,
1: us. right. I mean, like, you know, it's so hard. Like, you know, people are like, oh, man, why aren't you guys touring? Well, because we have other jobs.
4: Well, and it's really, it's expensive.
1: Like, it's exp- yeah, It's really a, a money-losing proposition most of the time, right? Yeah.
4: Well, you know, um you know there's some people out there in other uh you know states that you know are fans of ours at any time you know if we would sneak out to do if we were playing like new york city or something you know and they'd get you know hopeful like hey you know maybe you can come up here or whatever and it's like no nah, it's not gonna happen right like, yeah. the the cost to just and the effort to try to fill shows to get out there and get back home uh it's it's a bigger endeavor i think i think you got to rent a van, lug, lug all the gear
0: around, right? It's it's logistically it's got to be difficult.
4: To go. Yeah, if you're lucky, I mean, in the, I mean, we used to always, uh, you know, we would do little jaunts, uh, you know, a few cities at a time, uh, and come home that were always good. You know, we never felt like uh, we had bad shows, you know, they were well enough attended. We got we felt fortunate, you know, for that where we were playing, you know, and it was it was a blast. A lot of the time we came back kind of even, which was cool. Like, if you come back even, that's... That's a win. Like, you yeah, you did well. Uh, you know, so no harm, no foul. That's great if we can do that. But if you start to get beyond your little circle where you can do that for a few days and come back, yeah, that's, uh, that's manageable. Beyond that, you're looking at, you know, one week, two weeks, whatever it takes to get there and back and, you know, uh, and play every night, which is really difficult to do mm-hmm. um yeah it's not an easy not an easy game so all of our any of our friends that have managed to survive and continue doing that over the years like two cow garage is a great example uh you know it, it's uh it's it's brutal it takes a real commitment and that's not easy to do yeah. i mean a, a lot of times you're doing it for the love of playing oh, yeah yeah absolutely that's you, know, you we were lucky over the years that um through you know friends that we made in bands in like ohio and we were able to kind of circle around each other and keep playing and share mm-hmm. shows and split they'll come to buffalo we'll come up there which is you know what you're always trying to do is link up and create mm-hmm. that and it was good and so we were able to build a little bit of a small uh extended fan base in different corners and there was some uh, postcard was this is this uh like a email group that you know was created back in like the Wilco Uncle Tupelo days. Right. Um and and those folks are amazing, you know, they they pick up on all sorts of small pointless bands like us and they and they love them, you know, and they and they follow what, you know, what they uh what they do and they buy their records and so those are the folks that are like, "Can you come to arkansas and it's like no i wish i wish but you know we're mm. never gonna be there again like that one time yeah. you saw us there was that's that's it Ma- imagine
0: driving a band with however many bandmates you, you you have and you have to get to arkansas you had to get sick of each other after a while well the one we're time living on that beef we went turkey from Seven Eleven, and you know yeah. we
4: flew there that time oh you flew that oh, okay was, yeah. that was that was for a two cow uh that was uh-huh. their 10-year anniversary show which was one of the greatest you know things we ever got to be a part of uh, a two-day weekend at uh uh up there and uh it it was awesome well worth doing it uh that was the only way we could have done it though was to Mm -hmm. to jet down there uh well worth it though yeah no that's that's
1: that's fantastic you know we were we're talking about like you know playing out like where in all the cities you've been in, what are your favorite places to play?
4: There was the Treehouse in uh, Columbus, Ohio, it was great. Um, we would go up there, we'd play with Ghost Shirt, our friend Ryan, and that band eventually took over the bar for a period of time. Um, and that was always great because it was always ended up being us and, and Ghost Shirt, or someone that we brought up with us. And uh, you know, at, in that period of time, like we knew a lot of those people, and mm-hmm. uh, got you know thankfully got to be you know come friends with them so it was you knew when you were going there it was like going to a second home to play a show um and the same thing for them they'd come here to play mohawk you know with us and uh they knew that they would have a quality time that's definitely one of the favorites the rest i mean we've been to a bunch of places that were all cool in their own way uh you know mercury lounge was cool i don't have a great like affection for particular places other than those, to be honest, they, they don't really stand out to me. Uh, getting there and coming back, playing the show is kind of it's, it's thing you get done. Uh, and I don't really kind of really remember a whole lot. It doesn't seem like you
0: stick around that much, right? No, we're there. We would, we would stay there, but
4: it all just kind of turns into, honestly, I remember us in various places, the place itself aside from like the treehouse. uh, or uh, like Valentine's in Albany was great. Mm-hmm. Um, that's maybe the other one that I would highlight where our, uh, we became friends with Howard, who ran that club. And um, every time we went up there was was amazing. We would have a blast, uh, great shows, and we would stay there the whole night, you know, with him having a good time. I always think of it more of like this is the four or five of us, you know, moving through a game board and like right. whatever spot you landed on. It didn't really matter what square it was. Just we were there, doing what we did and having fun. And that's I remember that. I don't bash uh remembers everything he can remember every club we played you know what year it was you know what happened that night i don't remember that stuff i just kind of remember these sort of like feelings and you know vague memories of you know us being around these places um sorry for all the other clubs that we've played i can't remember (laughs) yeah that's
1: well (laughs) sorry well we'll make sure that they give you a good yelp review yeah right Yeah, yeah. yeah yep uh, Is there
4: a middle finger emoji on Yelp for them to give back you know, to I, I, me? I yeah, know. yeah, that's the
1: reverse Yelp review, where like the, the place <laughs> yeah, reviews <it's> not,
0: you. <laughs> no, it's not. It's on them for not being memorable, in my opinion. Right. right. Yeah. To, no, no, no. Anyone take that, listening, Pittsburgh. please don't yeah. misconstrue what I'm saying.
4: <laughs> None of those places were bad. I just, uh, yeah. It's it was all about well, wherever we were. They, they were all. I had fun at all of them. They were all good to play. Um,
0: yeah, hey, you know the the Great Lakes, the Rust Belt cities. They all kind of blend together after a while, right? I mean,
4: they're all they're doing the same thing. Yeah. It's a different version of what we're doing here, yeah, you know, in much. either a bigger or smaller mm-hmm. capacity. Uh, like like Chicago,
0: they I, I, I've read that they call it the broken nose beauty. I think Buffalo's more like I don't know, maybe a a Chris Pratt body where they where he yo yos and wait. You know, sometimes he looks good. Sometimes he gets gets a little chunky, right? With a Steve Buscemi face, where it's yeah. where he's not he's not good looking, he's not ugly, but it's just a very interesting face. It's a very interesting, yeah. yeah. It, 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 it's mm-hmm. uh, I
1: and I would like to see like somebody if if one of our fans could Photoshop Steve Buscemi's <laughs> face onto multiple Chris Pratt, <laughs> yeah, like just
0: Buffalo through the years,
1: right? Right, like Guardians of the Galaxy, right. Pratt, Chris Pratt. Season. In like the
4: summertime but like the wintertime is right season parks like season
1: three parks and rec chris pratt yeah. pretty much yeah. right like like oh i've been having more chicken
4: wings and blue cheese yeah. chris pratt as yeah. opposed to like everything's been closed for a year and i've just been <laughs> in the house yeah <laughs> right yeah yeah just, we all got a little parks and rec body during that period a little
1: bit a yeah.
0: little bit not ashamed to say it
1: so uh so so what's coming up n- and what's new with Roger Bryan the Orphans? What do you guys got going on besides this single that we're going to play later for everybody to listen to?
4: Um, we got the single. We have a show coming up. Uh, first time, finally getting back on the stage after all of everything that's happened. Um, on the 14th of August at Mohawk Place, uh, playing with the Soul Butchers. Um, we were happy we were clawed our way onto that one. Just <laughs> desperate for like... A, can we get on some show anywhere like, just squeeze yeah. us on we're we're yeah. in the mood to play uh so thanks to them for letting us on that um and then we're going into the studio in a couple of weeks again beginning of August to we've got a bunch of songs laying around that are more or less ready to go so we're going to be uh, doing another chunk of uh, recording to keep a stream of singles coming out uh, cool. either singles or you know they might sometimes we may or may not um, pair them up as little twofers or right whatever seems to fit right at the time um, and just keep those pumping out uh, through the end of the year into next year um, is kind of the plan from this point out um, kind of cooling it on we're in about full-length records at this point made a lot of those <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Love the album format, but um, the idea of being able to get through things quicker, that's such a process of right creating that and getting it done and out uh, is always such a, it always takes longer than you want it to and you think it's going to, uh, and I like the idea at this point of, uh, you know, just being able to have more fun, like as we learn things at the space that are new, we can run in, record them, throw them up on Spotify and Bandcamp. Move on to the next one. If there's you know a couple of new songs the next month we can record and get out. You know a month or two later uh, is really appealing to me. I'd rather just keep songs out there uh, rather than waiting for yeah. like an oh uh, well maybe in a year and a half yeah. from now we'll finally have a record right. able to oh. be released. By the time seems it
0: gets- like it's a new mode of doing things, right? I mean it, it's it's it seems like it's better for you creatively, right?
4: Absolutely, yeah. uh, I think so. It's and it's you can exciting. do you can do that now. Yeah. It, it definitely, there's a bit of that trend, like, uh, you know, around the world, uh, yeah. you know, bigger artists that, you know, all through this pandemic, even before uh, where you would just get, yeah, here's a random single. Here you go. Yeah. I don't need to worry about, you know, a whole record. And yeah, like, cause we just put out this single and I'm excited that I know that like we've got four more that we plan to do in August and that'll give us a little bit of a backlog to be able to, you know, get them out as needed. right um, Give them a little bit of breathing room for each one and then, uh, you know, keeping You know, a product out there. Uh, It helps too because one of the issues, especially when you don't have uh, any kind of coverage like we were talking about before from anyone else, it becomes a struggle. At least for me, I feel uh, because you know, we're that's on you now. We're not promo people. We're not salesmen. You know, we're not built to hype ourselves. You know, that's not something we enjoy. At least I don't. Having something like this is nice because you're able to keep something fresh out there draw attention to it without feeling like you're beating a dead horse like hey you know keep you in mind still out it's only been three months right (laughs) don't forget you could buy it still i hate that you know after the week that it's out i'm like well i don't really want to bug anyone about this anymore i feel you know it's unappealing so this way we can stay uh it gives us a reason to promote something because it's something new not uh, not just trying to push the same thing for six months you know
0: for the new single, everybody knows I really like the artwork. Uh it looks like it was that was taken on a shore of a beat you know, the beach somewhere, right? Yeah.
4: yeah. That's out. Um what's the little beach off of Firm in there? Gallagher oh. Beach. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that was a fun nice. day. That was me by myself on the beach with that frame. I got asked about what it was that everybody knew about uh countless times while taking several <laughs> photographs as the sun was <laughs> setting at different times of day. Yeah. Yeah. And then someone I <laughs> I remember the first one I was taking pictures, you know, I'm just trying to mind my own business, trying to ignore the awkwardness of like, yeah, I'm the guy on a beach with a message on a mm-hmm. picture frame, you know? And, uh, I kept, I started hearing people saying like, you know, Oh, what do they know? What does he know? I he's like, Oh, he's probably got someone buried in the basement. And I was like, <laughs> really, is that necessary? I'm just, come on. You know, that's a dark do place. Do I look like that to. kind of guy? And right, wh- yeah. would I really be, is that the message? Uh. So yeah, that was uh, an interesting uh, time taking photographs for that. But uh, so you know, it was cool in the end. That's this
0: seems like it's another creative outlet that goes along with creating. You know, putting the singles out, right? You get to do that probably every time.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, and you know, anytime, everything that we've always done through the years was always an opportunity, either for ourselves to try something out or to yeah. try something out with someone else. We were always, um, kind of hopping around between different studios or recording with different people, someone else mixing, uh, you know, and you just, you get a fresh, you know, experience through that, which is cool. Ryan bash, uh, who was in the orphans for, you know, a huge chunk of the time. And is a really great graphic, uh, artist. Uh, he was always doing our artwork. Um, and he still wants to, and, he, yeah. uh, he, you know, he did keep you in mind. Uh, our last record. Stuff like this gives us the chance, like, well, if, you know, if we got an idea, we can just kind of try to execute it ourselves with this cool. But then at some other point, you know, can bring him back in if we have some other idea that we don't know how to pull off and, you know, or if we're at a loss. Uh Things like that are cool just to be able to work with different people as needed. Um And you get to do that more in this capacity because there's that many more releases, you know. So you mentioned you guys got a, a show coming up August 14th at Mohawk
1: Place, right? Yep. Uh, so what can we expect at Mohawk Place? You guys are
4: opening for the Soul Butchers? We're in the
1: middle. There's, the another, middle?
4: there's another band opening called And the Dirt
1: Bags. And the Dirt Bags, right, yeah. Uh, and, and then, so besides, like, covers of
4: Suffragette City, what can we expect <laughs> for... Uh, guys to be doing you're expecting something other than that (laughs) (laughs) come on uh well given the nature of that show and the fact that we've been cooped up for so long uh i think we're going to primarily be focusing on the louder side of our band and uh just really trying to get the rust off and uh you know just get loud and and, and get it over with shake it out Yeah, yeah exactly uh so it should be fun
0: yeah so yeah, I actually wanted to talk about... Um, Good, get into it. <laughs> with my handwriting here, I wanted to b- bring up the engine hum. It looks like the engine ham. I don't know what that <laughs> is. Yeah, uh, Oh, the but, engine ham. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like rum,
1: ham, and hamby.
0: Oh, is that right? Hamby. Well, that's that's awesome. Awesome. listeners of this podcast know what hamby is. Don't go near it. I think, I think uh, hamby came up to us uh, in the backyard earlier today. Yeah, hamby is yes. still around. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I just wanna say I really enjoy the engine hum. It's like a more it seems like it's a more chill record. It seems like you were in a transition of things right at the time, I'm assuming. Yeah. And, um
4: uh, that was right when uh the sweethearts were kinda ending. Yeah. Uh we weren't sure at the time that we were ending. That's the only reason I did that. Um we had uh there's a record that we did after Arms of the Town. We were in the middle of working on that and finishing that. Uh, Andy was in Johnny nobody and they were touring a lot and they'd be gone for a long period of time, getting the record done and out sort of taking longer. Uh, And it was just me and Jeff. It was something that, you know, I had these other songs We're like, well, let's, let's do this in the meantime, I can put that out and then we're going to put the old sweetheart's record out and we'll just continue on. Everything will be fine. And then, you know, that's not how it went. Uh, So then playing shows for that, that's how the orphans came about. And then we started, you know, uh, working our way through the rest of those records that we made. So, uh, yeah, that was the first lost record that didn't make it out uh, um, was in that period. Yeah. Uh, and then another one that, as Matt uh, had, had departed the band, uh, we were in the middle of doing another uh, Orphans record uh, after 37. And uh, same thing, that one, we didn't quite finish that one. And then things shifted around mm-hmm. before, uh, you know, Matt and Dave uh, came aboard and things, you know, changed direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've had a couple start overs. Yeah. Uh, Fun fact, uh with Andy from Johnny Nobody, yeah. I once sold him a
1: non working moog keyboard. How, oh,
0: how did you do that and why?
1: Well, I had a Moog keyboard yeah. that didn't work.
0: Okay, yeah, and did you just you clo- did you, you disclose that I, I, to I him? Ab- I
1: advertised my- I advertised as a non working Moog keyboard. Oh
0: okay, that's that's what so, I wanted to know.
1: And he came to my place on West Utica Street and I was like, fifty bucks takes this
4: one thousand dollar Moog keyboard. Oh, well, and in, in what capacity was it? Like was it completely dead or did it just make not the sounds you were trying to make.
1: It 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 was completely dead. Oh, okay. So I was like, fifty bucks takes it because it's probably gonna take five hundred dollars worth of electronics yeah, to fix. Exactly.
4: Yeah. I have so, to ask him, I wonder if he I wonder if that ever got working.
1: I I have no idea. He was cause cause I remember he he came up to my house, he's like, You look familiar.
0: I was like, I made all your shows. <laughs> <laughs> well that would make sense. No, regarding the engine hum, it, so it reminds me of Thank like, yep. it reminds me of like transitional periods in my life where I'm, where I'm sitting, just listening to music, maybe smoking something. I'm not going to say what, maybe, maybe a bottle of whiskey and uh, you know, on the, it's on legal the, now. Oh, okay. All right. Well, maybe a tobacco product, maybe, maybe something that's legal now. Oh, okay. okay. And you're just, not
1: chasing the dragon. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, well, you, well, you know, it seems like you know, there, 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 there are times where, where, you know, something's changing and, uh, and you're just forced to accept it, mm-hmm. and you're just kind of okay with it, even though it does suck. You feel it sucks inside, but you're like, "Well, all right, here we go." That's you know?
3: uh,
4: that's pretty close to yeah. what it was. Yep, yeah. uh, what that was all about. So
0: yeah, here we go.
4: Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah,
1: yeah. Your listening comprehension.
0: Yeah. Hey. A guess plus. B plus. Uh, all right.
1: I was <laughs> going to go B plus, for... but I mean A plus is,
4: is you know you're the greater yeah. you The, the well, let's deal. let's
0: average it out for Snake. Okay.
4: Yeah. I'm sure Man. the the number of times that you know songs are misunderstood or completely wrong <laughs> is very high. Mm-hmm, so the mm-hmm. fact that someone can get even close to kind of what was going on is that's cool. Yeah.
0: I I won't tell you what I thought Sweet Caroline was all about.
4: Oh yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Better not. Talk no, no I won't. Better to no. keep that to yourself. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so,
1: Roger, you got a show coming up on August 14th. Where can we find you and or the orphans on social media?
4: Uh, Instagram at uh, RBATorphans. Uh, we got our uh, Bandcamp page, uh, just, you know, bandcamp.com slash Roger Brian and the orphans. <laughs> On Facebook, uh, and then you'll find you know uh, most of the catalog. Some some things are missing here and there from certain you know vendors, but uh, yeah, if Spotify, Bandcamp, iTunes, Apple Music, the majority of those main hubs, you'll you'll find you know most of our stuff uh, floating around out there. Cool, it's great. And so then I have one last question,
1: shoot, and that is like how many orphanages did you have to go to to find this many orphans who are
0: good at playing music? Well, no, no, well, no. Are, are you playing with orphans or, or is it named after orphans that you know that are not in the band? <laughs> well... That's what I wanted to
4: know. <clears throat> the real reason for the name was uh basically given the way our group works uh the band at the time was comprised of people that were no longer you know in their bands they'd lost their you know families <laughs> in the music scene yeah. and so we were that was that was kind of where that came from i think somehow i think there was uh there was like a tom waits box set or something that somehow got that going i think uh i'm not sure uh and that's how we landed on that And the idea was yeah this was kind of like our last chance it was like well we got everyone else is, you know gone or every other band we were in broke up so yeah. here we are together let's try to stick this out you know as our last gasp Which turns out there were a couple more out there that <laughs> right. we're gonna join seems yeah, like yeah. you got a good thing
0: going you're vibing yeah. you've got you're all in the same mindset about how you want to do things so
4: it's it's good. You know, it there was it took a bit of an adjustment between, you know, Orphans version one to two. Yeah. Uh a bit of a gap, you know, just getting used to each other. But uh all of us have still stayed in touch and like bands have reformed in different, you know, capacities, you know, under different names with, you know, a lot of the same, you know, members. We're still very interchangeable. So that stuff never went away. Which I was just I saw T V Mountain last weekend, uh, that was their first time getting out that they used to be on Beta, which is basically the old Sweethearts minus me, <laughs> plus Chris Groves, and they're awesome. Uh, so, I, And they just put out a, a single also, uh, and they're kind of following a, a similar thing as us. They're, they've got some more stuff coming on the way. So uh, TVMTN, uh, I want to make sure that everyone knows to to give them some spins. Uh, they're one of my favorite bands. So, yeah, things are good uh, right now. I think uh, everyone's just happy to be getting back out yeah. on the street and they have they've got songs coming and are just happy to be doing that so um feels good we're gonna try to keep that rolling you know as, as best we can for now cool awesome
1: so it is do you know is the show on the 14th is that all ages or is that 21 and over i couldn't even tell you Right, right it's
4: been check. so long since we played a show we'll that check online
1: <laughs> We could, I feel we, like it's probably 18 and up yeah i bet yeah. you it's probably 18 and up but i mean but you better make sure we'll find out and we'll put it online we expect all of your the rad pack to be there yeah you got to be there we'll be there in person
0: oh yeah oh we'll be there all right yeah. plan on it. it's in my calendar i might even go to it yeah <laughs> we might
1: even get yeah.
4: raj there well yeah. all right it
0: sounds i don't know sounds good it sounds like a good time yeah. like, seems but, like something you I might mean, be interested in yeah,
4: yeah. If you guys are going to go hang out, I'll go hang out. Right, yeah. yeah. Uh, Bring some cash. They have PBR there. (laughs) They do. I think they even... uh, I want to say they have Narragansett there now, too. Oh, do they? Yeah, I'm not 100% sure, but I think they do. And you can lie to all your friends
1: and be like, oh, I was here when the White Stripes played here. Yeah. uh, Because, like, if the number of people who were actually... There, it would have been the town ballroom. It would, it to town ball room, people. It would have been a Rich Stadium <laughs> to fit all those people. Like, like it, it was like eighty thousand people who are like, oh yeah, I saw the White Stripes play at Mohawk Place. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. No, no. Thirty-five people were at that show. Right, whatever, yeah. you know? it's it's like uh, like I, when I when I saw Bishop Allen play at Mohawk Place. Now they play, Bishop Allen's played there twice, but I saw them the first time that they played right after two of their band members quit. Okay. And so, like, they sounded terrible because they had not practiced with each other. They're like, like, yeah. they literally had quit like two days beforehand, nice. and they showed up in Buffalo, and they're like, oh. and they're just eating like uh, Gino and Joe's pizza at the bar, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and they they they, they sound like trash, and it was like me and like six other people, yeah. Or actually, maybe the the band that's most like, like uh, I saw the Walkmen, at the, oh, at the oh. backstage pub.
4: Okay, nice. That's a good one
1: and nobody was there. Yeah. There was maybe 15 people there. That's awesome. It was uh I mean we like we just hung out with the walkmen for like the entire night wow. because like nobody was there.
4: Yeah. That's super cool. Uh
1: I only went because uh my one friend was in New York City like 2 weeks before and he's like I saw this band they're amazing. It's the dudes from Jonathan Fire Eater. You got to go see them. They're coming to Buffalo.
4: We ended up uh when Kings of Leon's first record came out. They were touring with Jet and they played the Rochester uh or no, Water Street. Um, Water Street Music Hall. Yeah. And uh, and me and Eric uh just went, you know, we were at that show. I think Donnie booked it. Uh and uh we were just there in the crowd but somehow like at the end we ended up like hanging out with all those dudes wow. <laughs> and then like going to some other, you know, place around the corner and it was just one of those weird things like we have no reason for them to hang out with us but somehow we're like oh we're in a band too and like you know jet hadn't put their record out yet yeah you know Uh, so i think they were just happy to be in the states and like oh there was it was there was a lot of people there you know they opened and uh and you know we were into them when that record came out we were working at record theater and uh yeah just one of those weird things where you're like oh yeah, you know, we're sure. Just hanging out with wow, these dudes cool. tonight. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I, I didn't hang
1: things out. Things have changed
4: a little bit since things have changed them back then. A lot has yeah.
1: happened. Uh, I was going to <clears> say, like, I saw Iron and Wine at Nietzsche's. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, but, like, I went to go see. So, like, I, I hung out with the opener, Jesse Sykes, uh-huh. who was on Suk at the time. And, uh, like, and I, I remember I was talking to her and... The, her guitarist, who is, I can't remember what his name is, but he's the guitarist for Death Cab. Okay. And they, it was also her guitarist. Yeah. So I was just hanging out with them at the front of Nietzsche's. Yeah. And uh, she's like, oh, you're here for Iron and Wine? I was like, no, I actually came to see you because, like, you're on this Barstool Sampler, and, like, I bought your album. I'm really into you. And she's like,
4: well, that's cool. You should go watch Iron and Wine because they're really good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Yeah, that's just great. And people are just, yeah. you know... uh cool like that like when mm-hmm. it's it doesn't really feel much different than hanging out at mohawk place with you know whoever's playing that night yeah that's that's the best so all right
1: um ryan what's your social media
0: oh uh at the real ryan Steele. i uh, think i think my 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 username is let them eat like snake now let them eat snake yeah
1: <laughs> uh, name. uh i'm at james Tamil or uh um, battle gym of the Republic on Instagram. Yeah. You can find us at SquarePod buff on Twitter.
0: Yeah. And I did fix the, I did fix the iTunes or the Apple podcast thing, the pizza. You got, you fixed that. I did fix the pizza. Well, I, I, so I had to add the podcast again, even though, you know, Spotify works flawlessly. It'll update your photos Apple Podcasts will not. I tried to high heaven to get that to change, and I could not. I just had to add the podcast again. So you'll see two of the Square Podcast Buffaloes on
1: Apple yeah, but, Podcasts. But go for the one that looks like the T-shirt that hopefully you bought. It. Yeah, right. <laughs>
3: there <you go>. yeah.
1: <laughs> Buy the T-shirt. Back us on Patreon. Yeah. Uh, join us on August 14th. August yeah, for 14th, For right? God's sake, come to the show. At Mohawk. you are got to be to itching the to, the to come to a
0: show. After a year and a half of not doing shit.
1: If for no other reason, it's very close to my birthday and you can buy me a drink. That's right.
4: Good enough reason for me. Right, yeah.
1: All right. Roger, Brian, uh, Roger, Brian and the Orphans, uh, Snakes. Yep. I'm Jim. Uh,
0: We'll be back next week. We'll try to do better. See See you next time.